Uh, we want to welcome everybody to Drive-In Church. If you're here, thank you so much for being here today. If you're watching us online, thank you for streaming in on us and watching our service. We're excited about all that God is going to do here today in our service. And I'm just thankful that we have the opportunity to gather in whatever platform we're able to do it, whether you're here at Drive-In Church or whether you're watching us online. We welcome you and thank all of you. In fact, go ahead. If you're with people in your car or if you're in your living room, in your home, your kitchen, give somebody a high five and welcome them to church this morning. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Just a couple quick things that we would like to go over with you today before we get into the, into the uh, remainder of our service. We're asking you, please stay in your cars. We don't want anybody getting out of your car. We want to be able to continue to do this service. And uh, so we're just asking you to please stay in your car. That, and it's also for the social distancing. We want you to be healthy. We're looking out for your safety. Also, um, this week that we're getting into starting today begins our Holy Week, the week before Easter. And uh, I want you to all understand that throughout the week, you're gonna see us periodically come on Facebook Live and we're gonna go through a devotional with you live. And so be on the lookout for that. We're looking forward to spending that quality time with each one of you and um, allowing it to minister to us all. Um, we want you to also understand that you don't have a bulletin uh, or the sermon notes in front of you, but I would encourage you to go to YouVersion. YouVersion Bible app has our sermon message notes on there. So please go to that and you can see those notes from there. And also continuing with the opportunity through worship, through your giving, tithings and offerings. If you're here with us this morning, you'll see periodically we have stations set up to where you can go ahead and give those offerings and those tithings and you won't have to be in contact with anyone. So we encourage you to do that. We also encourage you to use our, uh, our, our online giving at churchbythebeach.org. And as many of you have also done, you have mailed it here to us. But it is an opportunity for you to continue through your worship and allowing us to continue to provide ministry. And we say thank you so much for all that you are doing. But I'm excited about what God has in store for us this morning. I'm excited about how he's gonna move in every life. And regardless of what you may have going on in your life, regardless of what may go, be going on in your, in your uh, living room right now or kitchen and, and what's going on in front of you here at Drive-In Church, I want us to take these few moments that we have together, separate ourselves from all other distractions and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So let's pray. Father God, we love you. And Lord, we are just honored to be here this morning Father God, in your presence, whether we're here on this property, whether or not you are listening to us or, or people are listening to us on, online, I just ask, Lord, that your presence be felt for everyone. Lord, that your Holy Spirit, God, would be distributed to every vehicle, to every living room, to every kitchen, wherever everyone is, God. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to our spirits. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, God. Give us encouragement, Father God. And, and, but more importantly, May we lift up the name of Jesus Christ today. May we do this, Lord, with a spirit of freedom. God, may we do this, Lord, with an expectation, God, that you're gonna meet our needs and God, that you are gonna minister to us, Lord, in every possible way. So Father, we love you. 
And we thank you for this day, God. We thank you, God, for your word and how you're gonna speak to us. God, we thank you that we get to gather regardless of the platform. But God, we thank you, Lord, that we can continue to lift up the name of Jesus Christ because you, Lord Jesus, are our hope. You are our strength and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen.
deeper today. Call us to trust you more, whether it be with what you say is right and wrong or in a specific situation or just with everything going on right now that we're all dealing with. Help us to trust you. Help us to not look at you with contempt or um, say that we could run the world better, but strive to understand the depths of your divine wisdom. We love you. And so God, as we dive into your word, it's with reverence and love and appreciation that we do this. Thank you for saving those that call upon the name of Jesus. We love you and we praise you for all that you've done all your marvelous works in the past. We know there's still more to come. Name I pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't it great to be here? Can we give the Jesus Christ a big shout wherever you are? Amen. Amen. Wow. Oh, it is, it is so awesome to uh, stand here with you guys and to be here and you guys online. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm just really excited about everything 
that we are getting into um, here as we go into Holy Week. We've got Easter coming up next week. And I would encourage you, start inviting now. Get people out here. It's going to be tremendous. We want there to be this massive parking problem, okay? And uh, so get everybody out here for Easter. It's going to be great. But I want to welcome everyone. And we are going to continue this morning on our sermon series of Jesus Is. Understanding that the whole purpose of the topic that we're talking about is to, for us to be introduced to the different personalities, the different traits, the different characteristics of who Jesus is. Wanting to introduce to you um, on the opposite of what maybe we have been taught with in our past and, and how others might have um, really misinterpreted scripture of who Jesus is. And so I want you to understand this, how you determine anybody or how you look at people, but especially on how you view God or Christ himself, that is gonna determine the type of relationship that you have with Jesus. See, unfortunately, uh, most of us have had flawed views of who Jesus is. And the reason for that is because we have heard or we have been taught views that simply do not line up with scripture. They're not the examples that we see within scripture. Um, we looked at, for the last two weeks, a couple attributes or a couple characteristics about Christ. One of those was he is our teacher. We understand that we aren't just supposed to listen and be taught, but we're also su supposed to observe. You know, Jesus walked this earth and he went through the same type of struggles that many of you and myself that we are going through even right now with fears, anxieties, uncertainties. But we understand this, that we have a hope in Jesus Christ. And that when Jesus was even in the thick of the most weakest moment that he could have as a human being within the wilderness experience, he stayed faithful, he allowed himself to be rooted within the word of God. And we were taught that he used the word of God as a way for him to stay grounded. Now, last week, <clears throat> excuse me, we looked at Jesus as our shepherd or simply as a pastor, that we understand this, that Jesus provides, he restores, and he's leading, and he's supporting you and I. He defends us, and he's blessing each and every one of us. Today, what I wanna do is take a few moments and take a look at what I believe is one of the best uh, descriptions of who Jesus Christ is to humanity, to our society, to our culture, and to our world. So let's take a look at our theme verse this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 2. And this is what the Bible reads to us. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come to you with elegant eloquence or human wisdom, wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, today is Palm Sunday. It's the week before Easter. And the focus of Palm Sunday should be the cross. Here we are going and beginning the Holy Week. 
And what we need to understand about Palm Sunday, it is the, the moment where Jesus had came into Jerusalem. And on the Passover, he would ultimately give his life as a sacrifice for every single one of us. Today, I wanna to talk about Jesus as being the lamb. There's a great description in that in John chapter one, verse 29. The Bible reads this way. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the lamb. I wanna stop there for a minute because I would say, and, and, and I, I personally think and consider this as probably the greatest description of who Jesus is for us. Who is he? He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, if you were to look within your scripture, you would see that the word lamb or the phrase the lamb is actually used 104 times. And of those times, half of them are used within the first five books of the Bible. Obviously, we see that scripture starts with us about the lamb. And who is the lamb? Well, Jesus Christ himself. But then if you look at the last book of the Bible in the book of Revelation, the other 25% of the times that the phrase the lamb is used is used in that book. So what can we gather? The Bible begins with the lamb and the Bible ends with the lamb. In other words, what all of that means to us is that the description of Jesus within Revelations and all throughout Scripture is described to us as a lamb. Now, in order to really grasp this and to truly understand it, we have to understand the origin. Where did this come from? If you remember in the book of Exodus, and in fact, Exodus chapter 11, and it runs through Exodus chapter 12, that in order for the Israelites to get out of Egypt, God had brought or sent 10 plagues to Pharaoh and the Egyptians because they had refused to let God's people go. One of those plagues was a great motivation for Pharaoh to let them go. And that was that the firstborn son of each household would die on this night. In fact, scripture expands it to go even the firstborn of the cattle. So of course, God didn't want this to happen to his people. So he gave some specific instructions. He said that the death angel would come through at night and would kill the firstborn. But if the death angel saw that the blood of the lamb was to, or of the perfect lamb was to be placed on the doorpost, the door frames, then that death angel would pass by or that death angel would then pass over. That is where we get the terminology and the understanding of what the Passover is. Now, what is interesting is that the Passover was celebrated every year thereafter because of the events that happened where that death angel had passed over. So it was in remembrance of what God had already done. Now, Jesus here within scripture as what we're celebrating today as Palm Sunday enters Jerusalem on the week of Passover. He comes into the city and of course we understand that on Good Friday, he, he dies, he gives himself up for us. That Good Friday is actually the Passover day. So within tradition 
of the Jewish Passover, they would sacrifice their lambs at exactly what was thought of as 9 a.m. Now think about this for a moment. As they were sacrificing their lambs in this moment where Jesus was at the same time, his, he, he was being pierced for our transgressions. The same time that they were using a knife to cut up that lamb to celebrate that Passover was the exact same time that our Christ was being placed upon that cross. Now, something else that's interesting about this is that traditionally at three o'clock that afternoon, the Jewish people by tradition would take that lamb and then begin to cook it. What we find interesting is about that same hour on that Passover day at three o'clock was the day that Christ had died and that he was placed inside of a tomb. So we can gather this and we can understand this. And that is that Jesus is our Passover lamb. And so what I want us to do is I wanna look at three separate things with you about the Passover that can teach us and that can minister to each one of us. First of all, the lamb was perfect. In Exodus chapter 12, verse five, the Bible reads, the animals you choose must be year old males without defect. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. So what they would do is they would take several days before the Passover and they would use these days as a time of inspection of the lamb. In other words, they were going through to find what was to be considered as that perfect lamb, the one that they would use to sacrifice. Now, you can parallel that here with what is happening here on, on Palm Sunday, the week before Christ is to be crucified. As Christ is coming in to Jerusalem, we see one of the first things that he does is he goes to the temple. We're all very familiar with this, but I wanna break it down for you anyway. Jesus goes into the temple and what does he do? He begins to drive out the money changers. He begins to, he gets upset and he begins to flip over the tables. And the reason why he does this is because the priests were the ones who were to take a look and inspect each, um, each lamb that the people would bring so that you know, their lamb was considered appropriate. It, it kind of passed the inspection. What you need to understand here is the priests also had lambs. And so what they would do is, is as the people would bring their lamb before them, they would purposely find fault in that lamb so that then they could then sell the people their own lamb, lambs. And then these priests were making money off of this. Well, obviously Jesus became very upset at this. And so he comes into the temple and he drives the money changers out and, and, and he flips over the tables and he does that simply because they lost the meaning of what the Passover was truly about. So why was it important for the lamb to be perfect? The, Im the imperfect can only redeem, be redeemed by the perfect. I'm gonna repeat that again to you. That the imperfect can only be redeemed by the perfect. In other words, in order for our sins to be forgiven, to be washed away, it had to be done by something that was perfect. We can read in scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. It says that you were redeemed. And it goes on to say, 
with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. It was very important for Jesus to be perfect, and he was. The second thing that we can understand about the lamb was this, the lamb was sacrificed. If we read in Exodus chapter 12, verse six, the Bible tells us, take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter. I want you to stop there for a minute and understand that word, slaughter. To slaughter something, it means to kill them violently. Do you understand that the lamb was killed in a violent manner, that our lamb through Jesus Christ was not just sacrificed, but that he was slaughtered. Let that resonate with inside of you. What does that mean? It means because of my sin, that my Jesus took on the most violent death. And let's be honest, I think that we as the church and as humanity have really not done a justice in portraying what Jesus truly has done for us. We have all sinned. And, and we know the conviction that kind of messes with us. Our conscience is what? Bothered. And, and we, we can't escape those feelings and we should not escape those feelings. We should never become numb to our sin. But can you imagine the sin of this entire world that one person was chosen to take for all of us. Let's take a look in a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. The Bible says, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And then we can take a look in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. And it says, And by that will, we, I means you and I, we have been made holy through the sacrifice, or as we read earlier, through the slaughter of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So when Jesus was sacrificed, he was perfect, he was complete, and he was doing it to take away every bit of sin, sin that we have done, sin that we are doing and sin that we will ever do. They found the perfect lamb. They sacrificed that lamb. And then here's what they did within the Old Testament. They cooked that lamb for the feast that evening in which the lamb was to be consumed. And in fact, it was instructed that, and they were taught not to have any unconsumed meat. And so in order for this lamb to be consumed entirely, here's what they had to do. They would invite other households to be with them, to join them within the feast, to join them within that meal. So this leads us to the next point, And that is this, that the lamb was shared. To fix this issue, they would bring people in to share in the feast, to share that lamb, to help them eat that. Now let, let me take a look and show you in Exodus chapter 12, verse four. The Bible reads this. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share with one their nearest neighbor. I want you to listen to this. Every church in this world is too small. 
Because as long as one person hasn't been shared the lamb, there is more to be shared. And that gives us the opportunity and that gives us the directive and the responsibility to share Jesus Christ. This is the one thing that Jesus asks of us. Share the Lamb of God. We can read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. God was reconciling. In other words, he was taking care of this himself. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sin against us, against them. And how did he not count that? By sending his son Jesus Christ to die. And he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we have a directive. We have a responsibility and that responsibility is to share Jesus Christ. If there's one thing that we should not be shy about, that is about sharing the message of hope. And what greater time and what greater moment do you and I have than this moment, than this season that we are in? You're surrounded with your family. You have an opportunity to express how you can be, go through this and, and, and an assurance that Jesus Christ, what, is gonna take care of everything. That God has a plan through all of this. And I promise you, at least from us, part of his plan is that God will be exalted. That Jesus Christ is still on the throne and that nothing ever will take him or remove him from that. That we have a hope in our salvation. And that was that the perfect lamb was not just sacrificed, but was slaughtered with you and I in mind. Now, there's a couple things as we go into this Easter week and as we're going through this season of life of that what we can do to help others understand who Jesus is. You know, this, they're more apt now, people are, about receiving this message of hope than I can ever remember the church having such a great opportunity, evangelistic opportunity to share Jesus Christ. So what are some of the things that we can do? Number one is we can pray. Taking time out of our day, carving out time. You know, uh, we started this new year with our 21 days of fasting and prayer. We also started this new year with a sermon series specifically on prayer. And, and looking back on that, I can see how God strategically set all of this up, at least for us as a local body, and understanding that we need to have prayer to be an important initiative with how we can give people Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. What I want you to know, that's not speaking about our God. That's talking about barriers that have been built up between people and God to, to, to blindside them, so to speak, to, to interrupt, to, to cause distraction. But God is saying this, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers for this reason, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. We need to take authority in Jesus's name to remove all and any barriers that are coming between, blinding people's eyes between us and God. 
Another thing that we can do is invite people. Why is this important? Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 14, read this way. Anyone, uh, just say that word with me. Say anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. But who can ask them to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard of him? What does that mean? That is meaning the gospel being taught. We all have a responsibility of that. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That is our responsibility, to tell people about Jesus Christ, to invite people to be a part of what we're doing here on Facebook Live, right here on Drive-In Church, bringing people, inviting them to, to hear the gospel message of who Jesus is. That is so, we have a golden opportunity as the church today to not allow our voice to be silent, but to speak over the noise of this world and over the noise of culture of who Jesus Christ is. Now, thirdly, we have this responsibility and that is to participate. Revelations chapter five, verse 12 says this. In a loud voice, they sang. Listen to these words. I love this. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. I just want to repeat that with you again. I want to read that scripture in Revelation 5, 12 again. In a loud voice, it says that they sang, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. What are we doing when we participate? We're giving to him in the form of praise what he's worth. We're giving to him what he desires, desires of us to do. We're giving to him what we want to give. Every one of us. I look back on my own life and, and, and I, I think all that God has provided for me, all that he has freely given me, listen, I'm not worthy of it. But yet he has still kept me in mind. He still loves me unconditionally. He still reaches out his hand of compassion and understanding and forgiveness. He still embraces me. Every single one of us. Let us not lose hope in that. Let us not lose sight. We all have people within our lives who are not connected to Christ the way we are. And we have a great opportunity to be evangelists in this world, to be evangelists in your family, to be evangelists within your, your workplace and your friendships. Praying, Lord, help me. Help me to be able to give me, look, watch this, give me the words. Tear down the barriers. Help me to, to be able to share this message of hope. Inviting people, bringing them here, inviting them to learn about the gospel 
sharing devotionals with them, sharing quotes of hope with them, sharing scripture with them, and then coming into an atmosphere like you are, you are within your home right now or you are as you're here within our drive-in church, an atmosphere where people can come together and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's still strange to me that we're meeting this way. But you know what? God broke down the barriers so that we could. God is still allowing us to meet, whether it's like this or whether it's through technology. Jesus Christ, none of this took him by surprise. He's still God. He will always be God. And no one can tell me differently. The scriptures speak life into us. I want to encourage you, allow yourself to be within the scripture. You know, one of my favorites comes from John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Maybe you're here at Drive-In Church. Maybe you're watching us online this morning and you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. This is a great opportunity. This is a great day to allow him to speak into your life. You have felt the tug. You have felt the emotional tug within your life. And God is saying, now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. And you know what? I would encourage every head bowed, every eye closed, wherever you are at. I want this to be a personal moment for you. And if you don't know who this Jesus Christ is, I want you to say this prayer with me. In fact, I want to invite everybody to say this prayer with me this morning. Lord Jesus, today I accept you into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my Master. Forgive me of my sins and help me, Lord, from this day forward to live for you and you only. Thank you for the salvation that has been offered to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give wherever you're at the Lord some praise for that moment? Amen. 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 You know, but now let's, let's direct ourselves, direct all of this to us as Christ followers. What does that mean for us? Well, it says that we have a job. We have a responsibility. And more importantly, we have a great opportunity to let people know about Jesus Christ, to kind of break us out of our shells, maybe take us away from our comfort zones. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray a prayer over all of you that God would put that boldness inside of us as he did with the early church in Acts, that we would have that boldness, that we would be empowered by his Holy Spirit to go out and make disciples and be disciples of this world. Let's pray. Father, I love you. And I thank you for this opportunity again to be here with you, to be with everybody, those watching and those listening and, and here on our campus today. God, we're asking for boldness equipping us, God, that when we go out amongst our families and go out amongst our co-workers and our friends, that Lord, you would allow us and give us the boldness and the empowerment through your Holy Spirit to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to invite people to be with us here at church, however that may look moving forward, 
to invite people to go within the scriptures, to show people the love, the unconditional love, the understanding, the compassion of who Jesus is. That he is a lamb that wasn't just sacrificed, but was slaughtered for the sins of this world. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for who you are and for what you're doing in every life. Continue to pour out your spirit, Father God, upon all of us. Lord, understanding that you are our only hope and that, Lord, we rest in your presence. We rest in your arms. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. And, God, we pray over our society and our culture and our world today. God, we pray, Father, Lord, for a cure. But more importantly, we know that there is one, and that is in you, Jesus Christ. So move in this world today. Move people, Lord. Draw people unto you. Father, we love you, and we thank you. And as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. Amen. Awesome. We love you guys. And uh, just don't leave until you're directed by one of our parking attendants. Have a great day. We love you. God bless. Blood poured out my sin.